Welcome back into the Card Chronicle podcast. How about this? Two episodes, three days. Incredible. Uh, we were finally delivering on a promise. The 2022 year, we're doing better than we started off uh, as we get later into January. Uh, we said probably a second episode this week to update the coaching search. Here we are now doing it. It's a snowy Friday here in Louisville, Kentucky. Dana, how are things up there in Columbus, Ohio? Yeah, snowy as usual. Um, I don't know, this month of January is it's kind of dragging on a little bit. I'm 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 looking forward to the warmer months. Um, the Columbus Blue Jackets have tailed off, so not a lot of like <laughs> on the hockey side either. Um, but things are heating up in uh, Louisville Athletics, so um, I'm sure the uh, the people are ready to hear from you. Also, I mean, Will Zalatoris, a couple of Eagles yesterday. He's in oh. a decent spot here. In the mix, in the mix. That's all we can ask for. It's all we, it could be a big weekend here for, uh, for, for Dan and Mike. We're excited about this, but let's talk about what everybody wants to talk about. No more chit chat. No having hit that 30 seconds ahead button. If you're just trying to get to the good stuff. Um, we still are, I got coaching search madness. I guess I'd forgotten, you know, four years ago, it never really felt mad because we knew Chris Mack was the guy and we knew it was going to happen fairly quickly. And now, this kind of feels like the first real Louisville basketball coaching search of our lifetime. You know, yeah. uh, like it was a foregone conclusion that it was going to be Patino when Crum was forced out. And then it was a foregone conclusion that it was going to be Chris Mack. And I think there's a little less clarity right now. Having said that, I think we're getting to a point where, Dan, I, I'm just going to have to get over it. Like, I, I think that the more I hear, the more I talk to people, the more like time passes, I feel like it's it's going to be Kenny Fain. And if you want to hear my concerns, the little rant that I went on last podcast, I know I've, I've said the same stuff on the radio show a few times. If you want to hear that, go back and listen to the last pod. I, I laid out my reasons why I think Kenny Payne would be a concerning hire for Louisville right now. But there's no point. I, I guess I'm just going to have to get over it. I guess I'm going to have to start talking about the um, – the good side, the, the pro list of Kenny Payne, and and get on board with it. Um, before we dive into that, I, quick, I've got a few updates. I've been working the phones. Imagine right now like a an '80s news montage where like I've got a pencil in my mouth. I'm on the phones. I'm jotting stuff down. I'm banging keys on the typewriter. That's what I, what's been happening for the last 48 hours. Except I've got COVID, so it's really before just you me, do like, that. Sleeping. Before you do that. I would, I, me and you talk about like, we kind of love the coaching searches. Like, I, I know, like, if it drags on, it can get pretty old, but I was trying to think like of one coaching search that just got this fan base in a tizzy. And the, the only one I can remember that where it was just rumor after rumor was, um, after Charlie Strong left. I just remember yeah. there were so many candidates being thrown out and it obviously we ended up with, with Bobby, but that was a fun one. And it feels like this one, um, is is going to overtake that one in, in as far as a fun coaching search. I think it was fun for everybody else, but, like, Rocco reached out to me the next day and was like, it's going to be Bobby. And so the whole time <laughs> I was like, all right, well, there you go. <laughs> I was like, this is- can't remember who, like, the candidates were now, but, um, yeah, there was, uh, there was some names. Pat Narduzzi. Um, John Gruden. <laughs> John, yeah, John Gruden. Uh, who was the? I can't even remember now. I'm, I'm trying to. Oh, think it of. was Derek. Derek Mason. Uh, Derek Mason, uh, and then the uh, the the Clemson guy, the offensive coordinator. Oh, um, 
Oh God, he went to SMU. I can't exactly. Think of, um, um, I'm, I'm totally blanking now, and I, I swear, if I'd gotten any sort of sleep, I'm just so everybody keeps you know saying, uh, talking about their different experiences with COVID. I feel totally fine. I'm just so tired and just like in a haze. Like that's the one thing that's that that COVID's done to me, and I just cannot think um, right now. Which is it's it's great. Tony Elliott, but it's not. So no, great for podcast and radio when you yeah, can't, so cannot think of stuff. Um, but anyways, yeah, that was, I guess, the last big coaching search we've had. Well, Scott Satterfield was the same thing. But that was like Brom, Brom, Brom. And then when, when right. Brom yeah. fell through, it was who are you going to get. Anyways, uh, things I've heard over the last 24 hours or so. All signs point to Kenny Payne. I kind of thought that at the end of when we were talking on Wednesday. But now, like, everybody with money, everybody with influence, everybody who, you know, has a – the ear of the search committee seems to be pushing for Kenny Payne. Kenny Payne wants the job. Uh, you wouldn't have guys like Junior Bridgman and, and the other former players advocating for him if you didn't know that he wanted the job. That, I think that's been very apparent. How about this, though? If for some reason, and what I was told was not lock but near lock for Kenny Payne, if for some reason things fall apart between Louisville and Kenny Payne, I don't, I don't know what like some negotiation, I, I guess some something happens between now and whenever they're ready to make a hire. There is a clear second choice. You're gonna like this. I thought it was the last time we came on. I thought it was all posturing. I guess I was wrong. If Kenny Payne doesn't work out right now, the second choice for Louisville would be McCronin. No oh boy. And I thought, like, because I said Wednesday, the morning, you know, you always get all the the agents are out there. They're trying to put stuff out there. And the the big Wednesday morning buzz was Mick Cronin, Mick Cronin, Mick Cronin. It's real. It's legitimate. There's interest. He'd be willing. Like, let's talk about it. And I was like, there's no way. I thought it was all just posturing for uh, a raise. Hey, it still may be. Maybe he's playing people on the search committee, but they feel – confident that they'd be able to land him if something went wrong with Kenny Payne. Now, granted, it's we've still got two months to go. UCLA is a, I think, legitimate national title contender, so they're going to be focused on their season. Who knows what happens between now and then? But those are the only two names I can tell. Like, I know everybody wants to know, like, what's the list? What, what's Louisville looking at? And I know Josh Hurd said on Wednesday, I thought he did a fantastic job. We can talk about that a little bit later. And I know he said he's got a list. The only two names that I can give you that have been Seriously consider that I know beyond the shadow of a doubt that there's mutual interest there and what happened, Kenny Payne and McCronin. So that's all I can give you on that front. Now, when it comes to the Kenny Payne stuff, a lot of rumors out there about what he would do if he came here, who might come with him, can debunk some of this and confirm some of this stuff. Kenny Payne, as far as his staff is concerned, wants to bring Nolan Smith with him. Uh, Nolan Smith, the son of former UofL great Derek Smith, who played at Duke and then uh, coached at Duke under Coach K. He's been there for, you know, was there for a while. Um, I think that would be something that fans would be on board with. I still think that he's going to have to go out and get a, like, former head coach who could help him out with the the day-to-day dealings of being a big-time college head coach and could help him out maybe with in-game adjustments, nexus and other stuff. Somebody like, not necessarily has to be, but like John Beeline. Um, that's the name that I, I mean, I feel that staff would be incredible for me. If you have Nolan and Kenny Payne, who can go get players and then John Beeline, who I think is one of the best basketball minds in, in the entire country. I think that would be fantastic. Uh, a couple of other things. 
one thing that had been at, I, I still don't know where it came from. I just know that it, people brought it up to me both on social media, on the website, and through the the text line for the radio show. But there had been some rumor out there that Dwayne Peavy, who had been at UK and now is the athletic director at DePaul, and Kenny Payne could potentially be like some sort of package deal where we get the AD and the head coach together. Um, I, I can tell you now that's completely false, totally untrue. Not sure where it came from. In fact, uh, what I was told from somebody who is very close to Kenny Payne is that Dwayne Peavy coming here would actually be something that might keep Kenny Payne from coming here. Uh, it would be a, it'd be a hindrance if, if, uh, if Dwayne Peavy were to come here. So that whole notion of, of some sort of dual deal or package deal, not going to happen. The, the last thing is, you know, because of Kenny Payne's close ties to Nike and to Jordan brand, there's been a lot of talk that if Kenny Payne came here, Louisville would make some sort of apparel deal switch and move away from Adidas and move to Nike or to Jordan brand and make that happen. I always thought that that was far-fetched just because that's such a big a big move and Louisville has such a sweetheart deal from Adidas. I believe we still now have the fourth most lucrative apparel deal in all of college athletics, even given everything that's happened over the last eight years or so. Um, Nike switch won't, will not happen if Kenny Payne comes here because it cannot happen. Um, I, so I, I got told two different things. One is, one was pretty straightforward, which was, you know, no Nike switch. Louisville doesn't want it and Kentucky would never allow for it. Another person told me this and I've, I've got no idea how to verify this, but if it's true, it's fucking wild. Apparently, according to this person, just throwing it out there in Kentucky's Nike contract, it stipulates that Louisville can't be a Nike school. They have something actually in their deal with Nike that says no Louisville with the brand. I mean, if that's true, kind of a power play and also pretty fucking wild, Dan. Yeah. I mean, obviously we're on their mind 24 seven, so <laughs> it uh, doesn't really surprise me, but I, I would, uh, I would actually give them credit. Like you said, that's, that's a bit of a power play, but yeah, I mean, the number we're getting from Adidas, I just, it would be very hard to see a switch there. Um, as much as I think the fans probably would want it, but like you said, if that's the case, that, that is, uh, <laughs> that's pretty, that's hilarious to be honest. So that's the, the big update. The other thing that's happened over the last 24 hours that, look, I, yesterday morning, I get word that Bruce Pearl's gone on. Was it the, Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Mac show on ESPN Radio. Crazy timing that he goes on a national radio show less than 24 hours after the Louisville job opens. And, of course, he gets asked the question, you know, Louisville's open. Seems like you'd be a candidate. Would you have interest? And he does the the non-denial denial dance where he's like, Auburn's a great job, but he doesn't come out and definitively say, would never take the Louisville job, don't want to go anywhere else but but uh, but Auburn. And so, like like, an hour after that, there's a story written from Auburn Live. Uh, Josh Hawkinson is the the writer's name, and it's the On3 Network's Auburn site. And he is apparently, according to all the Auburn people, he's the guy that Pearl goes to when he wants something out there. Like, like when he wants something to be written or he doesn't want something out there, uh, he goes to Hawkinson and Hawkinson writes it up. And he writes this story, which is basically – like there's like one mention of Louisville. It's like Louisville's reached out to Bruce Pearl, but the bigger part of the story is – if Auburn wants to keep him, they'd better meet his list of demands. It's like essentially like a call to arms. It's not even a report. He's like, he's like Louisville reached out, of course, and why wouldn't they want Bruce? He's the greatest coach and the greatest person who's ever lived. <laughs> and, you know, if we want to keep him here at Auburn, 
we're going to have to pay him more money than Jay Wright. And all he lists all the, the guys with the salaries. And, you know, there's this whole thing. It's basically just like a shameless, like Bruce is, Bruce wants more money. Let's give him more money. Yeah, the first of many, I would guess. Oh, yeah. Job. We're, we're going to get some guys paid for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's just business 101, what Bruce is pulling. Um, you know, I, I don't blame him for, for making this move at all. Um, but I, I think, uh, anyone, yeah, anyone, anyone with ties to Louisville or their name being mentioned, um, you're, you're probably going to see similar plays here. So I, I threw it out there yesterday very early on because like, it's so obvious. It's so transparent. If you have genuine interest in taking the Louisville job or any other job at the end of the season, you're going to keep things quiet for two months. And you're not going to let stuff leak in late January. And Bruce absolutely let stuff leak in late January. And the reason why he's doing it so early, I thought was, and I wrote this yesterday on Card Chronicle, I thought it was threefold. One, it's better to be first than last when it comes to something like this. Like you said, we're going to get multiple coaches paid. You want to make sure that you're not like sixth in line to where the administration can say, are you really interested or are you just doing what Mick Cronin and Andy Enfield have already done? Two, Tad Boyle, you're not getting a raise. (laughs) (laughs) I actually love Tad Boyle. Uh, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna hate on Tad Boyle. Um, two, Auburn, legit national title contender, obviously. They're number one in the country. Stuff like this is going to be a distraction for any team, at least for like a day or two. If you want it to be a distraction in late January, that's fine. I'm sure they can get over it. You don't want it to be a distraction in late February, early March when you're making that postseason push. Three, there's a meeting of the Auburn Board of Directors next week, and one of the items on their agenda is the approval of a a new practice facility at Auburn Arena. Apparently, Auburn, um, the men and the women's team, share the same practice facility, and one of the things Bruce Pearl has wanted uh, when it comes to facilities upgrades is a men's team-only practice facility. And so he's putting a little pressure there just to make sure that that thing gets passed. And so I, you know, I come out and I'm like, there's no way. If he's doing all this right now, he's not a candidate. He's not coming here. And sure enough, like three o'clock in the afternoon, story comes out. Auburn's trying to negotiate a new contract with him and they feel very confident that they're going to be able to work out a deal that's going to keep Bruce Pearl at Auburn forever. Lifetime deal. So not saying you should officially cross Bruce Pearl off your list, but it ain't happening. Like it's that one's out the window. That's and what the, he, he has a son on staff apparently that uh, he's trying to keep, you know, for coaching waiting from. Yeah, that's the other thing. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, is it? I, I know a lot of people wanted him. I I, I totally agree. It would kind of reinvigorate the UVL UK rivalry. Um, it would have been fun, but. Uh, I'm not like absolutely devastated that we're not getting Bruce Pearl. Um, it's not like, you know, Coach K or Bill Self isn't coming here. I mean, I, Bruce has had a nice year. I think he recruits well. Um, but I don't think he's just an absolute game changer. Um, I, I, could he do really well? Yeah, I could be totally wrong, but I'm not overly devastated. Like I think probably some of our fan base might be. I'm glad I'm not going to have to answer questions about things that I've written and said for the last 10 years. <laughs> yeah. uh, that's That was a, a nice little relief. Like, if, if he was going to come here and win big, I would have been fine. I would have dealt with it because everybody, I'm sure, would have thrown it in my face. But I'm glad that it's – I'm glad that I don't have to deal with that now. So 
So there's that. That's out of the way. Um, tell me something nice about Kenny Payne, Dan, because I, I'm trying. I want to be optimistic about this. I've said I'm going to if he is the guy or if somebody else who I didn't, you know, who, who I have some doubts about, like maybe Bruce Pearl, if, if they had been the guy. I still want to go into this with a clean slate. I still want to like I want to be wrong. I don't I don't care about being right. I, I've, I've listed my doubts about Kenny Payne and why I think it could potentially be a hire that doesn't look great four years from now, but I want to be wrong. And I hope to God that I'm as wrong as I can possibly be. Where are you with the Kenny Payne stuff? Like, like give me some, help my optimism levels here. Well, I'll be honest. I'm a simple man. Okay. So I like you, I would say there's a little bit of doubt, like, I, I, I'm looking at this job almost the same way as Juwan Howard taking the Michigan job to where I was like, okay, yeah, I, I know Juwan's going to recruit. He's a Michigan alumni, a big name within the program. Um, but one smart thing Juwan did, I think we might have talked about it last podcast. He went out and got Phil Martelli, who is probably one of the best, you know, X's and O's bench coaches that you could have. Um, and obviously he turned that program around quickly. Now I know this year they're not having this, you know, the success, but he brought in some huge recruits. Um, and that's kind of the way I feel like the direction we would go, but here's the deal. I can say all I want. As soon as we get like that first five star commitment, <laughs> I'm going to be like, okay, well, I guess I'm all in. Like it's not going <laughs> to take much. Um, because even the Patino years, I mean, we had some good recruits, but we were never like a powerhouse um, as far as, you know, being like a, a, a top three recruiting school. Um, but I think Kenny Payne would change that. I hope that he would change that. And if he does that, obviously, I think everyone's optimism goes up. But, it, it you know, you can't really judge it until you see it on the floor. So, um I, I would be excited. You know, I, I, I would love having an alumni on the bench. I know people are going to kind of – some people are going to bitch and complain that he was under Cal or whatnot, um, but he still played at Louisville. So uh, that's good with me. Yeah, it wouldn't take much for me. If he's the guy, I'm just like you. I'm going to 100% get fully on board with him, um, and I'll be very interested to see how he fills out his bench staff. Yeah, I, I can see a situation playing out where, you know, we hire Kenny Payne in whenever it would be. And I know people have questions about the timeline. I've got questions about the timeline. Um, you know, right. we we kind of talked about it on the radio show, you know, Payne has more freedom to talk with Louisville right now than a lot of the, the guys that are, are candidates just because he's not a head coach. Uh, he's not in the college game. Uh, there's, I don't think that there's a buyout with his Knicks contract. I tried to find out for sure yesterday and, Got no word back. Um, Let me so ask guess, you this about the timing. Do you think I know, and I know things were getting bad with Chris Mack, and it seemed like a mutual parting of ways, and that's fine. But do you think we kind of handcuffed ourselves a little bit by making the move now instead of letting Chris Mack coach the rest of the year and then letting him go? Whereas, like the end of the year, I mean these you know, the coaches, they don't have to give these weekly press conferences and answer the questions. They can kind of probably do more stuff behind the scenes. Like a guy like Mick Cronin, I mean, he's probably going to get asked this question, um, you know, hey, uh, do you have any interest in the Louisville job? And 
if he really does, you know, I'm sure he's going to kind of give the same answer that, that Bruce Pearl does. But then now his team is looking at him like, why didn't this guy just flat out deny it? You know, we're a top five team. We're competing for a national championship. So I, I wonder if the timing just kind of makes it awkward for maybe some of these potential coaches that are like, you know what, I do kind of like it, but like I can't really do anything about it right now. Well, one, I don't think this was UofL's call. I, I think Mac was the one who went to them and was like, I'm ready. And so I, when that's the case, like it's not like UofL just pulled the plug on him and said, like, you're not finishing out the rest of the season. I think Mac went to them and was like, let's just go ahead and get this over with. So not really UofL's call there. I do think it puts Louisville in a bit of an awkward spot, but I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. The the, the question with timing that I have when it comes to Kenny Payne is, you know, somebody threw it out there yesterday. If you can hire him in two weeks, do you just go ahead and make it official just so right. you can get the ball rolling? And I don't think that that's fair to the current team because, yeah. I mean, you're going to have guys on this team that come back for next year and play under Kenny Payne if, in fact, he is the guy. And imagine – you know, Mike Pegues is telling you to do one thing in a game on a Wednesday night and you're, you're playing that way. And then Kenny Payne's texting you that night and being like, next year, we're going to be doing things totally differently. Like, I think that would just screw with guys. So I feel like I can't imagine Louisville's going to make a official hire until after this season comes to a close. But maybe it's one of those deals where like everybody knows that this is locked up. Say- yeah, there's there's a way you can tell him without actually telling him. That way he knows like, hey. I can start getting in this guy's ear and this guy's ear about coming as long as obviously everything's kept under wraps. Right, right. Um, I can see this situation playing out with Kenny Payne where he gets hired whenever he's hired. And maybe we get we find out the NCA stuff in the spring or the early summer, which was the timeline that was thrown out there a few months ago. And let's say Louisville gets a postseason ban for, for next season. Like that's probably if we are going to get one, the best time to have one when you've got a new coach with new life, with new blood, because the fans are going to be more willing to be like supportive and patient through that with a new coach than they would be with a guy that they already don't have support in. If Chris Mack had still been here, or if it was a hire that, that, you know, the fans didn't really get excited about a guy with head coaching experience, who's just didn't move the needle. So I can see like us being in the middle of that season, rooting for the team, team kind of like Oklahoma State fans are right now with their their team that can't play in the tournament like playing hard seeing things to get excited about and then if if Payne is able to land DJ Wagner I feel like that would be the biggest jolt of life into this program in a long long time like that would kind of be and I don't I don't want to set ourselves up to to compare ourselves to Kentucky and what Calipari was able to do over the last 12 years but that would kind of be our John Wall commitment moment right where like Mm -hmm. everything is like here we go. Like, like this is why we did this. This is why we brought you in here. This is we're back. Like, I can see that playing out. And if it did play out, I feel like that would be the most unified that Louisville fans have been in a long, long time. Because this hire, I mean, I'm clearly, you know, I, I have significant doubts. I think most Louisville fans will get behind it, but there's definitely going to be a segment of the fan base that is still very, very doubtful and doesn't think that this is the right move. But him doing that, him landing DJ Wagner, pulling him away from Calipari in Kentucky, I think would be a moment that we all would be like, hell yeah, we're in this together. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, 100%. And just going back to the IARP, I mean, obviously, out of all the candidates, it 
probably is going to scare Kenny Payne, I would say the least, because someone like Mick Cronin, who absolutely like has it rolling at UCLA, you know, potential final four team coming off a of final four team. I mean, the thought of potentially sitting out, you know, an entire season and no postseason or an entire postseason, I'm sure that's going to put some, you know, some doubt in his head. So you wonder how much he really would want the job. But no, I mean, you're completely right. If we start recruiting, it, it, it's going to make a lot of it's going to make the the hit that we potentially are going to take from the IRP, you know, feel much less painful. Um, so I don't know. That's the one thing. I mean, I think all fans are immediately going to expect of this guy is, you know, we better start pulling in the recruits here because um, I that's I think the main significant reason besides obviously being an alumni that, you know, a lot of people want him back. Are you with me? Because the question I, th- I threw out, you know, potential questions on Twitter and one of the ones that people keep sending in and one of the ones that we've talked about a lot the last couple of days in the radio show is this notion that if Kenny Payne gets the job, like bringing Nolan Smith, that's great. Like he's, he's a established coach. He does well with recruiting. He's going to help out. I still think he's got to bring in like somebody who has had head coaching experience to be on his staff. And oh, again, I keep throwing out the name John Beeline. I'm not saying, I don't even know if Beeline would be interested, but somebody like him who's available right now, who can be his Phil Martelli. And people keep saying, would that make you feel better? Not only would it make me feel better, I kind of feel like it's a necessity. Like, like you need to do this if you're going to be the guy here, just at least for those first couple of years. I mean, even Patino like needed that kind of calming force in Ralph Willard a couple of times, the guy with experience they could rely on, not necessarily to like guide him in the way that I think Kenny Payne might need some guidance because he's never been a head coach before, but just to have somebody who can share that experience with you. Like I, I think he's got to bring somebody like that to his staff. And I think everyone's biggest question about Kenny Payne, uh, not necessarily like Kenny coach, but like what kind of systems are we going to be running? What kind of defense are we going to run? It's just such an unknown um, that I, I think the people that do have hesitation, um, you know, it's warranted because we don't really know what we're getting from a coaching standpoint. And obviously last pod you listed, you know, all the reasons or all the, the failed, you know, head coaching uh, guys that, used to coach under Calipari. So I think that scares people. So I think that would definitely help him out. I think it would put the fan base at ease. So, I mean, like I said earlier, I I think the first thing I would want to see from him besides hitting the recruiting trail is the, the staff that he's going to assemble to kind of help him these first couple of years. It's weird that I keep seeing people like saying Kenny Payne checks every box because I'm not saying like I've got no, we're all guessing here. We're we're all just making guesses. I have clearly listed my doubts, but to say that like you know he's going to be this gigantic home run hire and he's going to kill it, we know so little about this guy and what he would do as a head coach. I don't know how people can say that. Like, I get the bringing in recruits, I get unifying former players and potentially if he's able to recruit at a high level, the, the entire fan base. I get that he's got great connections. He's developed talent. Uh, at Kentucky, and he's he's doing a great job with the Knicks by all accounts. But like, what system is he going to run? What's his style of play? What's his? Is he a player's coach? Is he a hard ass? I like I, I've got no idea about his personality either. Like, he's not a guy who's been in the spotlight either. I haven't heard him talk a whole lot. And you know, people who are around our age, Dan, like Kenny Payne was 
when, when he graduated from U of L, when he moved on his when his playing days and ended, like we were four years old. Like I, I've got no memories of Kenny Payne, the basketball player, and the swag that he had back in those days and all that stuff. My only like relationship with Kenny Payne is knowing him as the Calipari guy, you know, the World Wide West guy. Like that's all I know about him really. So he's gonna have to like. like I want to know more. Like I, I, I want to, I want to hear him talk more. I want to know more about his personality. I want to know more about what style he would play here. I want to know uh, more about like what type of recruit that he's looking to land here. Not just the best available, the best five star. Like, give me. Like, I, there's so much we don't know about this guy and what he would bring to the table as a head coach that it's like it's all, I guess, exciting in a way because you can take yeah. that like slate and paint it any way you want. Like he could be the greatest thing that's ever happened to basketball as a head coach. But we just like we just don't know, man. And that's why I talked about it last podcast. This is a hire you have to get right. I mean, you just have to. You cannot whiff on this one. And I think, like when you mentioned both Kenny Payne and Mick Cronin, and the reason I'm more comfortable with the Mick Cronin hires because I know what I'm going to get. I know the style of play that he has. I know. That now he, you know, he's been able to take a, a blue blood program and bring them back to, you know, prominence. That he's starting to recruit at a blue blood program. Um, so there's just a comfort level that I have with Mick Cronin that I don't have with Kenny Payne. Now, could I be totally wrong and Kenny comes in and absolutely kills it? Of course. Um, you know, it seems like everywhere he's went, he's respected. Um, so I, I have, you know. No issue with that. I just I'm saying from a comfort standpoint, if if you, it was down to those two candidates, I'm more comfortable with Mick Cronin. But um, who knows? Kenny Payne might have a, a higher ceiling than Mick Cronin. So I think that's what the fan base is hoping for, at least, or at least the people that want him. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's um, it, it's obviously a fluid situation. <laughs> I'm just like you. Like any bits and pieces I hear, I'm I'm dying to hear it, but. Uh, I, I think, I think the fan base would get on board. I think most of them are already on board with Kenny Payne, but the ones that aren't, um, I, I don't think they're just going to hold out. I, I think they would eventually get on board, but we obviously, you know, need to see some in-game experience from this guy. Look, I get it. I mean, the unknown is exciting. It's why, it's why recruiting is such a big business now. You, you know, you can, you can look at a player, and how he plays in high school and and try to, to figure out how that's going to translate to the next level and get really excited about it. But at the end of the day, you just don't know. And while like the unknown is exciting, it's also fucking terrifying, especially when you're in the position that Louisville's in right now where you've got to nail this hire. You've got to do a great job. And I'll give props uh, on the pod because we haven't had a chance to talk about it yet, but Josh Hurd on Wednesday, I thought, could not have handled that press conference with. Oh, he was incredible. incredible. Yeah, any any more skill? And I think at this point, like the one thing that U of L fans might be able to agree on right now is that they're they're okay with him being the full time AD. Should it come down to it? Like I thought after that press conference, it was a hell of a debut, and I feel com- I feel comfortable. I feel confident with him running this show, with him being in charge or, or playing a large part in this hiring. So that was good. I, I liked hearing that. Um, I asked for questions on Twitter. We're not going to be able to get to, to, I mean, there's a ton. Obviously, everybody has a a bunch of questions. We'll get to a couple of these just real quickly. I want this to be a shorter pod than the one we did on Wednesday. But uh, Jonathan says, outside of Jay Wright, Scott Drew, or Bruce Pearl, who would be a name that no one is thinking about right now that the fan base would collectively agree is a home run hire 
it feels like anyone else that's been mentioned so far would have some portion of the fan base wanting more. I mean, you're not going to get the fan base on the same page for just about anybody, but besides, I was going mean, to say Mark Few. He's like the only one I could think of that I think everyone would be okay with. It's like a home run hire. Even then, though, you'd have some people being like, "Well, they can't win the big one." Yeah, they, they, they it's Gonzaga. You can't recruit there. Like, like if somebody would have shit to say about Mark Few. I, I guarantee it. I'm trying to think of. Like, I don't think there's a name out there that people – there's no name period out there that hasn't been at least discussed somewhat by Louisville fans at this point. Yeah. We have talked – somebody said Mark Turgeon yesterday on the show. <laughs> I was like – I was like, what are we doing here? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll be honest. Like, this sounds so – and we're talking about candidates that aren't coming. But, like, I think I would rather have Mark Few than Brad Stevens. I really do. Like, I think he would do better than Brad Stevens. Like – I don't know. I just think Brad Stevens coming back to the college game, like it's it's like one of those like all hype. But I'm not saying he's a bad coach by any means, but I don't know. I I I know Mark Few is going to have success um, just by what he's built at Gonzaga, but that's just my opinion. Um, I'm with you. I actually I, I kind of agree with you there. Um, Kyle Tucker actually asked how long until Greer's kid is taller than him and the over under is before they leave the hospital. They're already home. Shout out to, uh, to Jeff Greer and his lovely wife, Elizabeth on the, the birth of their son from this week. He's huge by the way. He's like 20 inches long, but he's eight pounds, nine ounces, I believe, which is enormous, uh, for a newborn baby. But, uh, Theodore Greer, Teddy Greer in the house. I, I love that. Uh, Jeff and I both had boys like in the same year, pretty much three months apart. So the Greer Rutherford rivalry will live on for another generation. But uh, congrats to Jeff and Elizabeth. That's uh, very excited for him. Also, Greer, props to him on pounding out a newsletter this week. Uh, that's that was fantastic. Like two days after his first child was born. That's oh, yeah. Uh, he also unreal. yeah. He did like I watched his his uh, his his online you know pod or whatever that he did yesterday as well. It was very informative. So yeah, he's uh. He's definitely staying busy even with the newborn, so props to him. Uh, at Phil Lyons says, if the hire is pain, do you think it happens sooner rather than later or after the college season? So there's the illusion that it wasn't rushed. Um, I think it happens after the season for, for what we talked about, but could be wrong. It's weird. It's weird because, you know, Kenny Payne's the one coach who gives you that opportunity, but we've got – I mean, what if – let's throw the possibility out there, Dan – and I I feel like this is going to be talked about at some length, but we only don't talk about it because it seems like such a unrealistic possibility. But what if Mike Pegeese just fucking kills it? Like, like what, if, what if we beat Duke on Saturday and Pegeese, like, goes 9-1 and one to end the season and we're like, okay, well, let's talk about this. Like, it would be – it'd be awkward. It'd be weird if we already had Kenny Payne lined up. But you know what? It's a problem that I would love to have. Oh, um, Yeah. You know, um, I, I had, there's like a renewed energy since this all went down that I am like totally stoked for the game tomorrow. And like, I actually think the atmosphere is going to be buzzing hardcore tomorrow, especially with all the football recruits there and everything. Um, now we could come out and go down like 12 2 and kind of get the energy zapped out of the building, but there, there definitely seems to be a renewed energy and, um, you know, I think that a lot of people are, are behind Mike Pegues and they want him to do well. So if he goes on a run, hey, give us that problem and we'll deal with it down the line. Hell yeah. Uh, Hank Tubb says, not coach related, but recent news. Do you think Patino's reception at the Russ Smith Day increases his chances of returning to Louisville for a 2013 reunion? Uh, and with that being more open to involvement 
uh, and slash being present after he retires. Yeah, to be quite frank, um, I, I do think it helped. Like I, I can't remember if I said this on the the radio show or the last podcast we did, but like I talked to to family members of Rick's on Saturday night and Sunday afternoon, and like Patino was terrified doing that video. He thought he was going to get booed. Like he he didn't want to dampen Russ's day and he thought when he was recording the video he's like he's like I don't know about this not because I feel awkward about it but just because I I think I'm going to get booed and it's going to be this weird awkward environment inside the arena and I told him I was like no that's that's not what happened at all I was like it was the loudest that place has been in like two years and I think they all were were genuinely uh tickled to hear that so I think that when I, I assume that news got back to Patino at some point it had to have by now yeah, I think that probably increases the likelihood of him potentially coming back at some point. I don't know if it'll be next year, but I think it'll happen. I, I really do. I, I think most of the fan base is, I don't want to say completely over it, but I, I think that, you know, they're, they, they have made their peace with it and moved on and like kind of remember Patino for the good things that have happened. I think like, I mean, what we're on Twitter and, the 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 loud people on Twitter kind of you know make their statements known, but there there's more to to life than Twitter, and I I think that was uh that was definitely shown when obviously the video came up. So I was glad that he got the ovation that he did, and I mean I would I would be tickled to death for him to come back. I think it would be awesome. Uh, I've got to give a shout out here in a second. Before I do though, remind you guys we'll get this in a little bit earlier than the last time. Um, Homefield Apparel sponsor of the podcast. We love them. Check them out today. If you want new gear, if you need a new hoodie for the winter, homefieldapparel.com's got you covered. They've got the best Louisville designs, the best Louisville apparel that you're going to find anywhere. Softest t-shirts, warmest hoodies, best deals going. Use the promo code CHRONICLE15 when you check out. That's going to save you 15% off your first purchase from Homefield. And follow them on social media for all the latest deals and the latest schools that they're unveiling. At Homefield Apparel without an E on Twitter and at Homefield Apparel on Instagram. Uh, we love our guys over at Homefield Apparel, and we love the deal. Chronicle 15, when you check out, it's going to save you 15% on that first purchase. Um, Dan, we got to give a shout-out to your boy, our boy, everybody's boy now, off-season legend. How about Scott Satterfield, Dan? He's, <laughs> getting, he's getting some guys. Scott Clark- Satterfield, unbelievable. Like, just when I think, yeah, just when I think I'm out, the guy pulls me back in. It's uh Pierce Clarkson, I mean, that's huge. Obviously, recruiting is always a fluid situation, so you 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 just want to get him on campus and in a uniform. Um, but it it sounds like he's going to be the the cornerstone of that class. And yeah, I mean that you know the way the season ended, I think he Scott Satterfield has made people. I don't want to say forget about it, but he's given them some hope giving people something to look forward to. And it definitely feels like we're putting a lot more resources on the football side. It's like, especially since Neely left. Um, so, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see kind of what the, uh, the future holds. You said this is what had to happen to get you back, like to, to bring you back into the fold. You said you needed a commitment from the Clarkson kid. I, 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 oh, I'm, I'm back in it. Like I said, it doesn't take much for me. I went up and got my visor out of the closet yesterday. So, <laughs> um, I am, uh, I'm fully on board. Let's hope we can grab another couple commitments, uh, this weekend. 
Obviously, we saw our, our guy Popeye showing out at all the, uh, you know, whatever he was doing, the Under Armour games, or I don't know what those are called. So it seems like things are there's there's a, there's some momentum within the football program. Yeah, Pierce Clarkson, four-star quarterback out of uh, St. John Bosco in California. He's the number 111 overall player in the class of 2023, according to the 247 Sports Composite Rankings, and the number 10 overall quarterback. Like This is a... We don't get kids like this very often here at Louisville who have these type of uh, recruiting rankings, and he's been talked about a bunch. There was a story from ESPN today about how the NIL stuff impacted his signing here. He's got billboards all, all over town now that uh, his dad bought. Um, I think I told you before this weekend, like Saturday at the Rust thing, I was talking to people, and they had messages from, from Clarkson and his dad. They were trying to get Jack Harlow involved in the commitment video, so you kind of knew that this was coming pretty soon. But he's he's one of, I think, like 50 kids that are on campus this weekend for a huge recruiting weekend for Louisville. I think a lot of these kids are, are four-star prospects, a lot of them coming from California. We're going to try to keep this pipeline going. But, look, I'm not going to be – I still want to see this team win games. I, I mean, we've got a fourth-year head coach who has a losing record going into year four. I'm not going to just be like this guy. I fucking love this guy again now. But this is let, a – Let me ask you, did this buy him another year? No, not, I mean, not if the team flops, no. Okay. I, I, I thought maybe he might have a little more leeway this year just because if he pulls in an absolute monster recruiting class, um, I, I'm thinking maybe maybe the fans won't be as harsh knowing what they got coming down the pipeline. But, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I need to see some wins. I need to see some wins in close games. Um, but – I don't know. It'll be interesting if we start just stacking up the recruits here to see how the the fan base reacts. I mean, maybe if it's like a a seven and five season, maybe this recruiting class keeps them around. Whereas if, if he had like you know the ninety eighth ranked recruiting class coming in and wasn't getting any good transfers, then maybe you pull the plug. But if he goes like five and seven or even six and six again this year, I feel like you've got to make a move. And, you know, you let, but man, and I hate to even compare him, but I mean, you look, you know, 45 minutes down the road and it took, it took Stoops a little bit to get Kentucky going. And then he got one, you know, pretty good recruiting class and it's, you know, the things kind of started snowballing like in a a good way for him. So, you know, maybe we just got to give this guy a little bit of time. And like I said, maybe under a new administration that puts more resources into football, this is exactly what he needed. Maybe he was being handcuffed and we just didn't know it. He's doing a hell of a job right now. So shout out yeah. to all those guys. Um, I mean, Pete Docta, he told Keith Wynn a few months ago, you know, he was talking about getting visits and, and recruiting all these guys that have, you know, high – rankings across the board and these scouting services these four-star players and he was like i don't we like we don't want to be patted on the back for getting these guys on campus like start start praising us when we start signing some of these kids or start getting commitments from these kids and it's happening now i mean popeye was a huge deal uh, he's a top 150 player in his class who's coming in and now you've got a top 10 quarterback committing to the program the quarterback of the future and hopefully he can bring some of his uh, his cali boys with him that are four-star kids like this would be this could be a nice – I mean, it's a it's a great offseason, but it's also a necessary offseason. This had to happen for this program to get any sort of momentum back. Um, before we, we wrap up here, I know the focus has been mostly coaching search, but it's bizarre thinking about – like, we're 24 hours away from Louisville hosting Duke in Mike Krzyzewski's oh. last season, a top-10 Duke team, 
and we're not talking any like actual basketball stuff. Um, any hope that this team makes this thing interesting tomorrow under Mike Begee, Dan? Yes, I actually think we do, especially if Trevor Keels doesn't play. They just struggled to beat Clemson at home last game. Um, you know, so I, I don't think Duke is playing their best ball right now. I think we're going to come out with a obviously renewed energy. I think the home, gra- home crowd will be 100% behind these guys. Um, I expect a good game. I really do. I, I you know... Are we going to win? I, that's I don't want to say it's far fetched, but I, I think it's going to be a game that maybe comes down in the last couple minutes. I hope you're right. I I, I can kind of see this one getting away from us, but that's who the fuck knows? Like I, at this point, I've got no idea. Like I I, I don't know where these these kids' heads are. We're going to hear from Pagis and Jared West and Malik Williams at a uh, press conference a little bit later today. So I've got no idea, but it feels like Duke is due for. They've been kind of just super unimpressive for the last few weeks. It feels right. like they're they're due for like a performance where everything goes right. And Trevor Kills hadn't been playing all that well before he got hurt. So uh, if he does play, it, it should help them. If he doesn't, I don't know how much it really changes that much. But I don't know. Like I I can see this one going poorly. But if they are able to keep it competitive, I think the fans are going to be like super energized. Like I, I expect it to be a good environment inside the Yum Center on Saturday. And then if they are within striking distance and it's a respectable effort, I think people are going to be excited about, yeah. you know, Tuesday's game against Carolina and, and the rest of the season. So fingers crossed. I'm hopeful. I, I would love for them to this team to at least be able to put together a couple of really good memories, even if they don't fully turn things around or, you know, they have a losing record by the time they get to the ACC tournament. Let's win a couple of, of nice games. These guys deserve to have a feel-good final five weeks here at Louisville because they've been through – too much shit man you know what i mean why not like i don't know i i just this is just me dreaming here but i mean and you take things one game at a time but you get this upset on saturday and then you got a carolina team that's definitely gettable i mean you win those two and and now you have tons of momentum you know and uh crazy things happen towards the end of february early march so uh, let's let's hope they come out Saturday with the with their A game and uh, we we ruin K's last game here. There's only room for one Mike in this city, and it's <laughs> it's Pegues, baby. It ain't K. I'll tell you that much right now. I would love it. What if Mike Pegues beats Mike Shashevsky in his last season? It would be incredible. Does a blow by handshake. <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate. That's the thing about K. I fucking hate is like. He, like, the, the hand on the other coach's chest after the game, like, I'm like, Jesus Christ, I don't know why that just bugs the hell out of me. Like, um, but. Who's, who's, who's the Louisville player that Mike Krzyzewski is most likely to lecture at some point on Saturday? Oh, um, ooh, good question. I, I feel, feel like, like it's, it's gotta be Malik. Yeah, I was gonna say, Malik's been awful, awful, uh, toasty lately. <laughs> he hasn't been in the best of moods during his games, so. Um, I could see him riling up things, but I, I'm actually like last year in the ACC tournament, we had no answer for Mark Williams. Like, I mean, shout out my boy JJ Trainer, but that was just not fair. Like, he was guarding him some of the game, and we didn't really have an answer. Now we got Big Sid, like you know, um, you know, Malik height wise matches up with him. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm, I think I'm maybe getting my hopes up too much for this game, but I'm gonna believe. 
JJ's like, I mean, I'm ready to start playing again, guys. But <laughs> if you want to take one game off, then I'm I'm okay well, with that. I I really don't didn't understand. Like, are we saving him like and using his season as a red shirt? Have we like? I I honestly like. I still don't understand like how someone could go from getting that significant of minutes as freshman year, although at times he struggled a little bit, but that's expected to just nothing. Like I, I, I truly like, I mean, you got to put the kid out there and see what he can do at least. Yeah. It sounds like they've been, it's just been kind of a clash thing since before the season even started. So who knows? Maybe Mike McGee's plays him a little bit more, but I hope he does. I really do. Like you said, it, this doesn't seem like the, the right matchup for him. This is the game why you went and got Sidney Curry. Like you need Sidney Curry to go out there and be super physical with Mark Williams because he's like he did last year uh, as a late bloomer. He's really been coming around in, in recent games for them. So um, that would be that'd be cool. Who guards Paulo Bancaro? I was I mean, thinking about that. I'm like JJ. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I honestly. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they're going to throw all kind of, like, I could see, and I know he hasn't played a lot, but it seems like someone that Sam would guard. Um, yeah. But, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I mean, he's he's tough, man. That guy's really good. Definitely, I mean, he's top top three pick potential right there. All right, we'll wrap it up here. Just wanted to give a quick update here on the the, the state of Louisville coaching search. Uh, big shout-out to everybody who's been listening. The pod numbers for the, the one from Wednesday are they continue to be insane. Um, we really appreciate you guys supporting the pod. And if you want to find another way to do that, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. It's the best way to find out when a new episode's out there. And if you can give us a, a rating, leave us a review. We appreciate that. It helps the podcast as well. We always read the new, new reviews on here when there is one or when there are ones. But we don't have I, – I don't think there's a new one today. I checked uh, last night. If there's a new one, it's been like in the last 12 hours. So we're going to have to rely and have a lasting image of the Dan Eeyore comment from last episode. Um, Put it on. carries through. Shirt. Um, I'm going to make – yeah, somebody needs to make you a shirt of like your face photoshopped on Eeyore's body with go-cards at the bottom or go-cards. <laughs> I mean, hey, I would, I would 100% rock that. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, we, we love the comments. Um, you know, we enjoy reading them and we, we are grateful that you guys tune into this. So, um, you know, we really appreciate it. I will talk to you guys, I'm sure, at some point next week. Fuck it. Let's beat Duke. Let's do this. Let's make Duke. this happen. Baja bullies are fucking back. Let's go. Uh, until we talk to you guys again next time, go cards. Go cards.